Good evening. Good evening. Uh, this is Missionary for Christ, Word of Faith. This is, tonight is our Bible study night. Amen. This is our first Bible study of the new year. Amen. We thank and praise God for this opportunity to study um, his word, this opportunity to um, get our hearts and our mind in a better place um, so that we can be uh, the most productive uh, members in the kingdom. We want to make sure that we are representing our Father well. We're going to uh, return to our study that we're utilizing from Dr. Miles Monroe, the purpose and power of the of God's glory in you. Amen. And I thought that we probably need to start with a refresher because <laughs> um, it's been so many weeks that we have not um, come together and or um, study or have conversation about this particular study. I thought we could uh, refresh and bring ourselves up to speed before um, launching out into the deep. Amen. Um, as I began to um, to reflect and go back, I, one of the first things I wanted to do was look up and get a, a working definition for the word glory. Um, we have, and I believe, I feel like we have an idea of glory, but we want to understand glory from the perspective of God's word. So when I looked up the word glory, um, the directive that I used took me to the book of Isaiah, the 43rd chapter and the seventh verse, which says that God created us for his glory. And then it goes on to say, in the context of the other verse, it can be said that man glorifies God because through man, God's glory can be seen in things such as love, music, heroism, and so forth. Things belonging to God that uh, we carry in jars of clay, we are the vessels which contain his glory. Amen. So as I I thought about that and I looked at that um, even deeper from when we began studying this before, I began to think about all of our different attributes, all of our different characteristics, how they uh, emulate God's glory. Um, As we were studying and and I was reading, I ran across a few passages of the book that was was talking about um, how God is a creator. And from the very beginning, um, everything that came into existence, God created it. And the one thing about God being a creator um, everything he created, he was pleased with it. He was satisfied with it. When he created the heavens and the earth, when he, everything that he created at the end of the creation, he was pleased. He sat back and said that he was um, happy about it. As a matter of fact, let me, let me open my Bible so that I can say exactly what he is. I said um, about the creations as, after he was done creating them. Um, and I uh, said... So let's go to uh, Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. The darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning of the first day. Then God says, let there be firmness um, in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament and the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning of the second day. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place that the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called the seas. And God thought that it was good. And so if you notice, he, he made the statement, and, or it, the Bible makes the statement that it was good. When he did the light, it was good. 
And if we continue to read on, we'll see that everything he said, when he was done with it, he was pleased with it. You know, he had a, a happiness about his creation. So if God created us, when he created man, he created us in his likeness and his image. And when he was done, he was pleased with us. Well, when you talk about being created in his likeness and his image, we're not necessarily talking about our outer appearance looking so much like God, but we're talking about our spirit man resembling God. So if God is a creator and he's our father and we are his creation, what deposits do you think he deposits in us other than the ability to be creative? And so when we create things and we uh, demonstrate the different gifts that God has given us, when we're doing that, we're giving him glory. Amen? Mm-hmm. Any, any thoughts before I move on? Mm-hmm. So as individuals, as created beings, as believers, as people who um, have been designated or, or classified as Christians, meaning that we are part of the royal family, we are part of the, the body of Christ, our number one goal in life, should be to bring God glory. Every living thing, we all possess our own glory, and the glory that we possess, um, as it is manifested through us, brings God glory. It's a sad thing uh, that if you go to the cemetery today and you just look over the headstones and you look over uh, the different names that are, are in the cemetery, you will see so much of God's glory not manifested through the people that are there because they did not um, seek to become all God created them to be. And so as a, as a consequence, those glories, they just died off. Those gifts, they just died off because they were never utilized. But since we understand that our gifts and our talents and our abilities that God has given us Since we understand that when we utilize them, we bring God glory. When we uh, um, demonstrate the full purpose in which God created us, we bring God glory. It should put us in a better place or a different place where we seek to bring him glory. So where we seek to utilize our gifts so so that God can receive the glory. Where we seek to be uh, creative as God God has... um, has made for us to be so that our creativeness will bring him glory. Um, It's unfortunate, as I stated earlier, that so many individuals um, live their entire life and they never experience the glory of God. One thing I found that in um, some of the gifts and talents that God has given me, that when I am utilizing them to the point that God is getting the glory, not only is, is God getting the glory, but there's a joy that I have. It's an indescribable joy. It's a happy place. And when I'm in that happy place, I'm sure just as happy or happier than I am that God is just as happy because he's given the glory that he deserves through what it is he's allowed me to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. When we look at the word glory and, and, and its fundamental uh, um, meaning, it is the full or true nature <coughs> of God. It's the full essence of who he is. It's the true reality. Therefore, the glory of a thing is its essence, its true essence, and its true nature. Um, the creator designed all things, not something. The creator designed all things with their own glory or their own true essence buried within them. When you think about a an apple seed, an apple seed doesn't demonstrate its full glory until it becomes a tree and it produces apples. As a seed, it's just a seed. Okay? We are seeds. And when we, it's not until we produce um, and, and manifest the, our full purpose in which God created us, that we actually are bringing him glory. Um, you think about a, a talented musician or a person who sings. Um, you think about a person who cooks well. Um, you think about a person who serves um, in any capacity or, and has that ability to serve. 
when they are serving or doing whatever that thing is, they are bringing God glory. But when they're sitting on their gifts and they're not utilizing the gifts the way God has intended for it to be utilized, then God does not get the glory. Amen? Amen. I just wanted to uh, add something in there. Um, good evening, everybody. Um, as as um, God getting glory, as for God get God getting glory, um, little do we know, God will get the glory whether we participate or not. Eventually, he's going to he's going to win. Amen. Um, reminded of a guy that that stands on by the expressway on 111th Street, right off of 57. He he um, seems to be homeless. Seems seems to um, be be there begging, but he's not there begging. He's there preaching the gospel. Um, even yesterday, as we got off the expressway, and he he asked me to let my window down, and he was just experiencing, not experiencing, but sharing um, the love of God with us. Amen. And God was getting the glory. God is getting the glory because he's standing there uh, sharing his word with everybody. Now, the thing, the thing of it is, that might be what God had for him, had prepared for him to do, but he might have decided to do like Jonah and went the other direction. Mm. However, when God gets ready to use you, mm-hmm. you're going to be used whether you want to or not. Amen. 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 It, it, there's a whole lot of alcoholics at the liquor store that can quote the Bible better than pastor can. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. All because a lot, a lot of people, they they aborted their mission, mm. and they decided to go opposite direction. But when God get ready to get the glory, He He's gonna squeeze you till that glory come out. Amen. 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 You know. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you thank Pastor for that input. Um. Every person, every per, per person on the planet Earth, um, we are all walking containers of God's glory. And the Creator desires that each and every one of us release that full glory and fill the Earth with, with His glory, um, with the glory of our manufacturer, with the glory of God as we fill the Earth. As I stated earlier when we're talking about even sharing love or Kindness, you know, those are things that God has placed inside of us. And when we share uh, God's glory that he has put inside of us, when we allow it to, to be manifested um, out on the outside of us, not only do God get the glory, uh, another thing about the glory that God receives, the world then begins to believe that God truly exists. Yeah. Our demonstration of our gifts and our talents and the things that God has created us to do, the more we demonstrate them, the more we uh, uh, allow the world to come to know that God is real. And I say that because I'm thinking about how sometimes you find believers that may be sick, you find believers that may be struggling in some area of their life. Um, It could be marriage. It could be just having children problems, it could be finances. And you, when you see, if you encounter some of those believers, sometimes you don't believe that they know God because of their uh, attitude, uh, and because of their affect about their current situation. But I always talk about the young man um, that, I, that I grew up with in our, in our old church who um, has been battling cancer for years. And if you ever see him on my Facebook page, his name is Gerald Norwood. This man preaches, teaches, serves, loves unto the bitter end. Um, Just even during the Christmas holidays, he had to go into the hospital for some procedure 
and he's walking in, and they have pictures of him because he actually has developed a Facebook page, and they have pictures of him going in, and his, his motto or his theme is that I still believe. I believe God. I'm going to chemo, but I believe God. I got to have transfusions, but I believe God. And so with him, if you have an encounter with him, even if you're just watching him on Facebook, he's allowing the glory of God to be revealed through his life. So regardless of what's happening to my body, regardless of what could be happening to me mentally because of the illness that I'm facing, I still believe God. God is still God. And he's still serving. He's still uh, uh, praying. He's still out here doing what it is God has called him to do to the best of his ability. And when he can get out, he then is doing a Facebook Live page where he is still sharing the word of God. He's still ministering to people. You know, and, and, and this is what God is looking for for us. He's not looking for us to have to be necessarily on our sick bed in order for his glory to be revealed, but he's looking for us in our everyday life when we're up and doing fine to allow this glory to be revealed. It's inside of us already. So it's not like something we got to learn. It's not like something we got to practice. It's not like something we got to study. But the thing about it is um, there's a verse of scripture, I think it's in Matthew, that says, let your light so shine. We have to be the light to the world. The world has to know that God is real. The world has to know that God exists. And the only way they're going to know is they have to see it through our lives. And as we are allowing the glory of God to be manifested through our lives, we are proving to the world that Jesus is real. Now, if we just keep him in in the confines of the four walls of the church, then that's a problem. God wants us to get them outside of the church. So as we are experiencing uh, people in our everyday lives, as we are doing what it is God has called us to do, either on our jobs, you know, on your job, people ought to know that you love God. His glory ought to be revealed even through your work, you know, that God is real. And not because you're preaching the word, but you're allowing the gift of God that's inside of you to come out, the love of God to come out and be shared with others. Amen? Anybody want to say anything before I move on? Amen. All right. Um, Speaking about the the artist, Michelangelo, think about him. What if Michelangelo had never um, created his masterpiece um, paintings, the Mona Lisa. What if, you know, and if you're an art person, you know, like some people actually love art and to see art really gives them a joy and it gives them, enlightens them. Everybody has something that, that gives them a joy. And so for the people who are, are lovers of art, what if, if Michelangelo and some of those other great artists had not produced the great work that they produced that brings joy to somebody's life? In essence, um, it would have just been a void. It would have been an empty place. Every creature, everything created reveals its glory. It's already inside of us. I already talked about the seed. If the apple seed does not produce a tree with some apples on it, it's not fulfilling its, its glory. If the caterpillar never turns to a butterfly, it's not fulfilling its glory. If an eagle it never returns to an eagle, it is not fulfilling its glory. If a boy never becomes a man or if a woman, a, ch- a girl never becomes a woman, we're not fulfilling the glory that we were created for. And that's just one part of it. Because you think about an apple seed, an apple seed first got to become a tree. So that's a part of the glory. Then the next step is to produce apple. That's another part of the glory. So that's how we as human beings are. Okay, we could go from being children to being adults. That's one part of the glory. But then there's other parts of the glory that God has already um, uh, established inside of us that goes a little further. So it may be the gift of love. It may be the gift of giving. It may be whatever it is that God has given you or has, in, I should say, um, placed on the inside of you that needs to go out to be shared with others. Um, The glory of God, again, is created in in everything. 
But one thing about the glory, it has to have the right condition, okay? Um, there are certain conditions that help that glory to be manifested. If you take an apple seed and you just sit it on your dining room table with no dirt and no water, no sunlight, and all those other things that help it to grow, then it can't produce its glory. So just like the apple seed has to be placed in the right environment to produce the apple tree and ultimately apples, as believers, we have to be placed in the right environment in order for the manifestation of God's glory to be able to, to grow up and overflow and come out of us. Um, if we're not in the right place, if we don't get the right environment, and that's why it's important for us to one study God's word, it's why it's important for us to have Bible studies, it's why it's important for us to have worship experiences, that's why it's important for us to even go through some trials and tribulations. Because even going through trials and tribulations, those things help that that um, the glory to be uh, nurtured. It helps it to be fertilized. It helps it to grow. Um, think about even a seed. When a seed is planted in the ground, it dies before it comes alive, before it grows into what it's supposed to be. It goes to a death and comes back. And so don't think it's strange when we have uh, challenges in our life. Don't think it's strange that God has forgotten about you and you're never going to be able to reveal the glory of God through your life because you're having all these tragedies and this is happening and, and my kids are going crazy and my dog is barking there and this is happening and my lights are cut off. Don't think it's strange because these fiery, dark, uh, these challenging uh, times of our lives are times to help to uh, nurture, to help to cultivate. Um, sometimes we have to go through some pruning before the full manifestation can go forth. Um, thinking about um, some, some testimonies I've heard of, of ministers, of pastors, and of how, um, as, children, as a matter of fact, the young man that I was talking about that, um, that has cancer and, and he, he's fighting cancer, uh, when we were kids, he was one of the baddest kids in the church. I mean, everything that was wrong to do, trust me, he did it. It was him and another young man. They were such bad boys in church. I will never forget that. And I remember because he was a bad boy in church, he was a kid that I didn't necessarily care for as a child because he was always in trouble. And he always helped to get the whole crew of us in trouble. And, um, but a lot of times those are the things that I, that those are the experiences of his life that helped to make him tough for the experience that he's facing now. Those experiences of his life helped to mold him to become, to become the man of God that he evolved into as an adult. And so we, we have to have some challenges. We have to go through some trials and some tribulations in order sometimes for these things to come to make their full, uh, full bloom. Amen? Um, if, they don't, if we don't have those things, it's, it's impossible to have the full bloom. We may have a portion of it. You know, have you ever had an apple that was tart? But if it had to stayed on the tree a couple of more days, got a little bit more uh, sunlight, got a little bit more bruise, got a little bit more uh, uh, rain and thunder hit, hit, you know, a little bit more nurturing from the earth, when you picked it a few days later after that, it would have been sweet. So sometimes in order to get to the sweet, you got to go through the fire. Amen? Amen. So with that being said, I want to encourage us in 2020 as we're preparing um, and we're thinking about our vision uh, for this year, as we're thinking about and planning out um, um, our spiritual and our natural uh, plan for, for this year, I want you to dedicate yourself. And even in your prayer time, as you're thinking about the things that you, you want to uh, have for your vision for this year, the things you want to accomplish, the goals and the directions you want to go, directives you want to go in, I want you to, to, to ask, the, ask God to let you know how you can glorify him the most, how he can get the most glory out of your life. Because um, you want to be the best for him. You want him, if, if nobody else is happy with you in the world, you want God to be happy with you. So, Lord, how can I bring you the most glory through my life? 
What is it you want me to do? And I'd be careful when you ask that question because he may tell you to do some things that's going to be uncomfortable. He may tell you to do some things that's going to not fit with your personality. Um, I found myself doing some witnessing on the other night at the bowling alley, just out of the clear blue. And this was something that I probably, well, with this particular individual, I probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have done it because I already know, well, you know people already attend church. A lot of times you don't try to uh, infiltrate that. Um, and I know I don't because we're not trying to, we're in the business of stealing members. If, somebody, if we know somebody's in church already, praise God, you know, go ahead on. I'm looking for the people who need God because they're outside of the ark of safety. But this individual, I already knew that this person attended church. But the Lord still led me to that place. And then after I was done, I was like, whoa. <laughs> you know, that, that, that I wouldn't have done that. You know, but after having the conversation, I did find out some things even about uh, where they were actually in Christ. You know, so although they're attending church, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're in a good place with God because they go to a church. Sometimes people do things out of habit, you know, and so I come to understand that, you know. But so, And I said that to say that sometimes God is going to push us to a place of being uncomfortable in order for his glory to be manifested through our lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. Understand that glorifying God is not limited to praising him, but it's rather, it's more, it's more of putting your hand to a productive and wholesome and positive work. So sometimes there's a confusion of, and we're going to talk about the word glory in a minute, um, a little, or a little deeper. The, sometimes we have, um, I want to say, a surface understanding of word. That's why I always like to look words up, and I like to see what they mean in reference to where it's being spoken, because sometimes we have a surface understanding when we talk about giving God glory. A lot of times um, from the, the, the natural mind of a believer, it's just like we're just giving him praise at church. We're giving him glory. You know, we're giving up, lifting up holy hands and giving him glory in that sense. But it, it's a lot more to it than that. And it's a lot more of what God is looking for from us than just the, the worship. You know, and it, even when you think about worship, worship is work. You know, you, you, you're doing something. Um, we we got to get out, you know, we got to lift our hands, we got to put forth an effort, you know. We're doing something. We're not just um, waving flies. Amen. Um, no. It's important for us as uh, believers to, to really bring ourselves to a place where we understand um, glory and giving God glory. Um, understand that this is a a part of our relationship with him. Uh, we were created for this. We were um, designed for this. And it's something that we should just do. So I talked about, we were going to talk about the word glory. How much time we got? Okay, so that's 30 minutes. So I'm just going to deal with the word glory. This probably is going to take us out. So if we look at glory from the Hebrew translation, it means kabod, K-A-B-O-D. And kabod um, comes from the root word with the basic meaning of heavy. So when we think about glory, it's thinking about heavy or weighty. Kabod also carries the idea of fullness or the full weight of something. In this sense, it refers to the weightiness of someone of high importance a person of notable, impressive, and positive reputation. When we use the phrase glory to God, most often it refers to a visible manifestation of God that is directly related to God's self-disclosure and his intent to dwell among men. So it's the fullness of God. It's the heaviness of God. When we're talking about the fullness of God and his heaviness, we're talking about his reputation, his greatness, um, understanding that God alone deserves this, okay, uh, because of his natural position as king, but also because of his unsurpassed activity as a deliverer and a savior. 
So that was something. He, he's able to do those things. Um, who else could deliver you from some of the challenges that we face in life? Who else can save you from sin? You got to be a big guy to do that. And only God can do that. That you know, it can be done through him. There's no other way. Um, people have tried, and we know that there are many uh, religious and, and different types of gods that people worship all over the world. But we've come to know and understand that our God is the true and the living God. He's the only one that can deliver you. He's the only one that can actually save you. No one else can save you. No other God. Amen? And so because of that, I could see the heaviness or the, uh, the weightiness of him or the fullness of who he is from the Hebrew language. So now when we look at any questions, I'm sorry. No. Okay. Um, so now when we look at, at the word glory from the Greek, it's called dox, doxa, D-O-X-A. And when we, this is where we get the word doxology, okay? So doxa refers to the attribute or the true nature of a thing. And when we look at that, the nature, um, um, the nature and the acts of God um, in self-manifestation, he essentially is and does as exhibited in whatever way he reveals himself, Okay. Doctor is the manifested perfection of God, character, especially his righteousness. Okay? What other God can, dis- can demonstrate righteousness? None other than our God. The glory or the doctor of God refers to the characteristics and the qualities of his nature, which are best seen through his person of his son, Jesus Christ. Okay, and so the the greatest uh, example or demonstration that God could give us of this uh, particular uh, definition is his son, Jesus. Okay, so when we speak of the glory, either the kabod or the doctor of God, we're referring to his weightiness of his person and his reputation, the fullness of his presence in the earth and the visibility uh, invisible manifestation of his attributes, his character, and his full expression of his nature. Amazing. Is there anybody else that can speak to the wind and the wind stop blowing? Is there anybody else that can speak to the water and the water comes? Is there anybody else that can wake us up in the morning? Is there anybody else that can give us the activity of our land? Nobody but our God. Amen. Nobody but him. And so now if he does all of this for us, he's demonstrated his love toward us. That even when he created us, the Bible says that he made us in his likeness and his image. And when we talk about likeness and image, I've already stated that we're not talking about our outer appearance as much as we're talking about his spirit, his spiritual characteristics. So he made us to be like him. So therefore, uh, just like our own children, they are like us whether we want them to be or not, whether they demonstrate some characteristics that are a little shady looking or not, underneath somewhere in there, there are characteristics that are of us. And so when our kids are demonstrating good, positive, uh, uh, and, and doing great things, our chest is stuck out. And that's my child. Tell nobody say, y'all see my baby? That's my child. So just imagine how God feels when we're demonstrating his attributes in the earth, when we're demonstrating his love, when we're demonstrating his, his kindness, when we're, de- we're demonstrating his servitude, when we're demonstrating his word through our lives. He up there with his chest stuck out. He said, yeah, that's my daughter, Dottie. Yep, that's my daughter, Ann. Oh, that's my daughter, Sister Teresa. That's my daughter, Lena. He, and the thing about it, he know all of us by name. And his chest is stuck out. He is now receiving the glory. 
And as he receives the glory, the world comes to know that God is real. So many, so often we, at this time in life especially, we're living in a time where people don't believe that God is real. So it's up to us to demonstrate his glory in the earth. So as we're demonstrating his glory in the earth, people are coming to know it's something about that God you keep talking about. It's something about that God that you keep going to that church to worship. I'm curious. I want to know. Let me in on your secret. You know, how can you have this joy? How can you have this peace? How can you have this harmony? How can you serve the way you serve? How can you love the way you love? How? I want to know how. Show me your formula. We're living in a time where people are always looking for a formula for something. Give me the recipe. How can I do it? You know, how, how can I do it quick? You know, how can I get past and get, and get to where you are? And you can get there by being such an example of God that they will come to know him for themselves. Amen? The glory of God is the full nature of God on display. God is a creator by nature, and his creation displays his creativity. God is a creator by nature, and we, his creation, we display his creativity. Creation, us, we manifest God's glory. The splendor of his glory, the splendor of his creation points us to God. And we attribute that characteristic uh, quality to his nature. Amen? Are there any questions? Would anybody like to share anything? All right. That was such a great class today. Um, I have four points, four key points that I want to um, share with you. And, yeah, I'm going to share these four key points about God's glory in creation. The first point is God created everything with glory. These are key points to remember. He created everything with glory. Genesis 1 and 1 helps us to understand that by saying in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And because God is created by nature, it is only natural that his creation will reflect his glory. Everything God made has its own unique glory, which reflects his glory. Everything God made has its own unique glory, which reflects his glory. That's why it's so complicated for people um, uh, you see somebody doing something, you'd be like, oh, I could do that. And it seems like that person is doing whatever it is they're doing so easily without thinking about it, without a hesitation. They're able to flow in it, you know, because that is the natural thing that God has placed inside of them as individuals. And I want to do the same thing they do, but in order for me to do it, I got to practice and practice and practice, and I got to keep trying. And no matter how much trying and practicing I do, I never reach where they are. Because that's not what God has given me. Amen? Um, Glory is the nature of God residing in each and everything created. It is the hidden reality that God placed in each and every one of us. Each and every one of us have our own hidden glory. Um, But it's important for us to, to get ourselves in a place where this glory is manifested, where it is uh, able to produce and God can receive the glory from it. Um, God created everything to manifest his glory. Um, His original design was that every creature, by becoming everything that it was created to be, would manifest its own unique glory, and by doing so, it reveals God's glory. So everything. So when the apple tree, apple tree, produced the apple tree, which ultimately produced the apples, it has revealed its full glory. When um, when the what caterpillar goes to be going from being a caterpillar to a butterfly, it's fulfilling its complete glory. Now remember, when a caterpillar goes from being a cat, uh, going from a caterpillar to a butterfly, it goes through a lot of transition before it gets to become that butterfly. Okay, it goes through some breaking and some changes. Um, that I would imagine is possibly probably painful changes 
um, to go from one thing to something else. But ultimately, the end result is the butterfly. And the beautiful butterfly uh, brings God glory. So I said that to say because as, uh, as human beings, understand that we're going to have to go through some stuff. We're going to have to go through some changes. We're going to have to go through some ups and some downs and some trials and some tribulations in order for us to come to the full manifestation of where God wants us to be and that he may get all of the glory out of what we're doing. But know that ultimately God gets the glory. Going back to the uh, the gentleman that Pastor was talking about um, that, that we see in the morning times on our way to church, this gentleman, he's out there every week, every week. No matter what the weather is, he's out there. And he appears to be a person down on his luck. He may not even be down on his luck. He just appears to be that way. But however the case may be, he has to fulfill the glory that God has inside of him. So now him standing on that corner at the expressway, preaching God's word to the people, is bringing God glory, regardless of what we think he may look like in our own eyes. Amen? Amen. Any questions or thoughts on that first key point? Uh-huh. All right. Our second key point is um, God is pleased when glory is seen. God is pleased when glory is seen. Um, if you look at the book of Genesis throughout the, um, the first chapter of the book of Genesis, his creation, everything he created um, brought him pleasure. And he expresses this pleasure by saying it was good. After creating light, God saw that the light was good. So everything, he that was his, his phrase and his statement that was consistently um, stated throughout the book of the first chapter of Genesis. And uh, so it, it, that, that supports the idea that God is pleased when his glory is seen. Uh, finally, after completing creation with his crowning achievement, God created man. And when he created man, it was very good. God is pleased when his creation manifest their glory and his um, manifest manifest their glory and by becoming everything that God created them to be. God is pleased when we become. Ultimately, when he created man, this was his masterpiece. This was number one. I think I stated earlier how he uh, made us in his likeness and his image and, again, want to uh, reiterate the idea of likeness and images, talking about his spirit, um, the spirit of God that lives inside of us, that causes us to be who we are, that causes us to be able to be what God was. God created us as human beings to have rule on the earth. He, he, when he created man, he said he wanted us to have um, dominion, okay, um, to let them rule over the fish of the sea and the fowls of the air. Um, he created us with two things. Hmm? Oh, I thought you had something to say. In his likeness and his image, and he created us to also have dominion. Those are two key things about us that God gave us that he didn't give anything else that he created. Okay? Um, and he gave us those things because he wanted us to consistently be in fellowship with him. Um, often people fellowship with people that are, are like them, okay? So being in his likeness and his image uh, poses or sets up the, the criteria for us to uh, be in fellowship with God. Um, I would imagine that when we are not displaying or becoming uh, what God has created us to be, uh, to be um, I would imagine that that would bring about some disappointment. That will bring about some sadness. I think about, again, going to being parents, going to parenting. When our children uh, um, are not fully being all that we have worked so hard for them to, to be, uh, finish school and to 
get a good job or go to college or whichever route um, that that um, has been intended for that child, and they decide they're going to rob banks or they decide they're going to sell drugs, they decide they're going to work with the gang, that brings about a disappointment. And I would imagine God would be the same way with us. When we don't walk into the fullness and the fulfillment of what it is he has called us to be, when we make decisions that we're going to hang out with the other side or we're going to do what it is we want to do, uh, I would imagine that brings about a disappointment. Um, he purposed us. He purposed man um, in a fashion that was unique to any other thing that he made. Nothing he made is like us. The Bible even says that he made us a little lower than the angels. He cared about us. Um, and, again, that will bring me to believe that it's important for us to understand our place and our position. Um, when he talks about having rule, he's talking about ruling things of the earth. He was not talking about ruling over another man. Um, but the act of sin has brought those things into place. That's why people don't, don't do well in slavery because that was not God's intent for man to rule over man in that manner. Um, he set up governments, and governments were important to help keep order because the, the um, sin nature had began to run rampant and do its own thing in the earth, and God was not pleased with that. Um, God is concerned with us. He's concerned with our whole being, and he's concerned that our whole being reflects him in a manner that is pleasing unto him. Um, it is important for us as believers to understand our place and to walk in and seek to please God so that he gets the glory out of our lives. Um, there's a scripture that says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It is important for us to seek him. You know, how can we allow the glory to be manifested if we don't, we don't know what it is that God has given us? Sometimes we don't know. But if you seek him, you'll find. So he'll let you know. And a lot of times it's the thing that you could just do the easiest in your life that don't cause you, cause you any stress or any pain to do it, and you enjoy it. Sometimes you enjoy it. Amen? Any questions or thoughts? Amen. Amen. Anything you want to share, Pastor? Amen. Amen. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I only gave you two, right? I'm sorry. I got to go back. I only gave you two principles, right? Yeah. Okay. And I said there are four because there are four. No, no, I want to give them the, um... okay. So the, so the the third principle is about man. Oh, okay. Um. The fourth principle is God created everything to manifest its glory. I'm sorry. I was uh, over reading my own notes. So the first principle is God created everything with glory. Then um, God is pleased when the glory is seen. That's the second one. The actual third one is God created everything to manifest its glory. And the fourth principle is God created man as the ultimate exposure of his glory. So those are the four principles we want to remember from this tonight's lesson. God created everything with glory. God is pleased when the glory is seen. God created everything to manifest his glory. And finally, God created man as the ultimate exposure of his glory. Amen. 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 Are there any thoughts anybody would like to share at this point in our last six minutes of class? Somebody is timing me. 
Amen for the time, people. <laughs> Amen. Well, we're going to close out. If no one has anything, uh-oh, Pastor has something to say. All right. Um, I just wanted to uh, talk about the uh, annual church meeting. I'm moving the date to the last Monday in the month, the last Monday in the month. Uh, there's some things that I got to get together that I haven't gotten together yet, and I need that time. Amen. So it will be the last Monday in the month for our church meeting. Amen. 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 And, and hopefully, Pastor Lena will have us some snacks. Amen. Amen. Well, again, we thank and praise God for tonight's lesson. I pray that something was said that has um, been a source of encouragement and direction for you on tonight. Um, It is my prayer that um, each and every one of us will make sure we take the time to seek God's um, glory, um, that we may be able to uh, allow it to manifest through our lives, Um, that this year that our relationship, that our, our, our kinship with the Father will become more intimate, that we will draw closer to him like never before. Um, and the thing about being closer to God is beneficial. It doesn't hurt us. It actually brings forth uh, uh, happiness and more joy and more peace in our own lives, the closer we are to God. So I just want to encourage you on tonight to just seek out what it is God has for you to do in this year, in this year. What is it, you know, what is, what is your special assignment that God wants you to accomplish that's going to bring him the ultimate glory from your life? Amen? Amen. We're close with a word of prayer. God, we thank you and we praise you. Oh, God, we magnify and glorify your name. We thank you, O oh Lord, for this uh, uh, lesson on tonight. Now, God, we're asking, oh, God, that you would help us, oh, God, to be uh, more diligent about our our seeking you, more diligent about our studies of your word, more diligent, oh, God, to be producers of your your love, oh, God, be uh, more diligent about being, uh, demonstrating you in the earth so that you will receive the glory, that man will come to know that you are God. Father, we thank you for our pastor, oh God, and we thank you for each and every member that is present on tonight. We want to pray for those that did not um, arrive on tonight. We want to pray that God will bring them back speedily uh, so that they can get back in tune with where God wants us to go. We want to pray for, um, again, for Brother Ron Woods and the loss of his son and anyone else that, that has lost their loved ones in this season. And we pray, oh God, that you would just help us to be stronger and wiser in our walk with you. In the matchless name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. 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 All right. All right. Amen. We're going to say good night for tonight, and we will see you guys on Sunday. Have a blessed week. All right. Y'all too.